0: You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two, it's episode 45. Cubs own the O's. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook or email us at fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crowley, before we get started, I want to make sure all the dads out there that subscribe and listen I want to wish everybody a Happy's Father's Day, and I wish you a happy Father's Day as well.
1: Well, thank you, Dustin. Happy Father's Day to you and to all our listeners out there. It's uh, hopefully everyone had a good day, man. Hopefully it was it was a fun time. I know in in Myrtle Beach the weather's been beautiful. I I heard in Chicago the weather was beautiful. So it was
0: great. Yeah, yep. the weather's absolutely great.
1: Can't complain, man.
0: Nope, no complaints, no complaints, and uh, we really can't complain overall about the Cubs. They've uh, been hosting the uh, Orioles uh, the last couple of days, and based on the title, Cubs own the Orioles. Things went pretty good for our favorite baseball team, but let's start move it back to a day game on Friday afternoon. Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubbies, Crowley.
1: Yeah, the Cubs won this one 10-3. It was the first start for Hendricks since he almost threw that no-hitter against the Giants. He uh, he wasn't as sharp as he was that day. He went five innings. He gave up two runs on five hits with one K, threw 88 pitches. That was uh, Kyle's 10th career interleague victory, which is third most in Cubs franchise history, behind John Lester with 16 and Jake Arrieta with 13. Luckily, the Cubs didn't need Hendricks to be on his best game as the offense continued to rake. Oof. Fulmer and K looked good out of the pen. Asad went two innings, gave up three hits and one runs with two Ks, and that run was in garbage time, so it didn't really matter. But the story of the game was definitely offense. In the third inning, Miguel Amaya, Dansby Swanson, and Christopher Morel all hit solo home runs. Uh, Swanson and Morel, I believe, was back to back, and that would and uh, what would Cubs would uh, what would a Cubs game be lately without a monster inning? This time it was a six as the Cubs scored six runs. Happen Horner and Suzuki hit RBI singles. Morel drove in two runs with a double. The Cubs offense scored 10 runs on 12 hits, three home runs. They drew five walks and went five for 12 with runners in scoring position. Yes. That,
0: that yes. Not that's, what Four, about, <laughs> that's what we're talking about, Crowley. That's what we're talking about.
1: cooking here. Horner went two for five. Morell three for five with a homer and three RBIs. And Trey Mancini went two for two. But Dustin, let's talk about Morrell. Since June 9th, Morrell is batting 440 with just two strikeouts to 11 hits. So he's dropped his strikeout rate down to 29.2. That that really was the key number. The Cubs wanted his strikeout rate under 30%, and that's where he is right now. He ranks first in slugging percentage with 709 and second in OPS, 1.063 among MLB hitters with at least 100 plate appearances. And, like I said, Dustin, I mean, just looking at the kid and and what he has done, I mean, you know, he was clearly disappointed um, not making the team out of spring training. But the Cubs had a plan for him. And I think a lot of times people kind of get mad, but they made adjustments and they had things that they worked on with him. And I think what you're seeing is that's what is kind of paying off right now
0: absolutely paying off. No doubt about it. They, they've uh, given him time. They've stuck with him. They have believed in him. Now, Crowley, you just got to find a regular spot for him, right? Cause the bat's too hot to take it out of the lineup.
1: But again, there's, th- that's why MLB now has a DH. You know what I mean? We don't have to use yeah. catchers all the time. We can actually use a guy who could actually hit now, whether, you know, he may be one of those guys that likes to play rather than just hit. But right now, most home runs Cubs in first 29 games of a season since 1906. You had Gabby Hartnett with 12 amazing. in 1925.
0: Absolutely. 5. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah. Right. Hank Sauer with 12, Billy Williams with 12, and Christopher Morrill with 12. The most home runs in the first 29 games of a season was Sammy Sosa with 13. So when you're talking about Sosa and Williams, and and I know maybe some of our listeners aren't as familiar with Hank Sauer. He was just an incredible, he was an MVP for the Cubs in the 1950s so i mean what he's doing is just kind of video game stuff and 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 if you don't want to go all the way back to hank sauer in the 1950s this graphic for anyone that's subscribed to the scores uh youtube channel we're on that now you could take a look but the most home runs since may 9th when christopher Morel got called up Shohei otani has 15 aaron judge 13 Old cub Jorge Soler 13. And then Christopher Morales right there with J.D. Martinez at 12. That's absolutely
0: crazy. That's crazy. It's – I really am happy for him. And I think this almost shows, I think, for the people out there, and I was one of them, I'll raise my hand, guilty. This is probably why they started him down in the minors like they did. I think they really got his confidence going. He got at bats right away all the time built that confidence up. And since he's came here, he's been really, really good.
1: And not only that they made adjustments to his swing where they put his hands. And I really felt like it's paid off. I, I, like I said, they got a great hitting instructor in John Maley down at AAA Uh, he was the Cubs hitting coach in 2016 when they won it all. So the guy knows what he's talking about. So um, just great, you know, and, and, and so that was an exciting game. And, and, you know, that was coming off a Pirates series where they were scoring more than 10 runs, But that offense kind of disappeared, Dustin, in game two a little bit.
0: Yeah, Uh, a little bit. But it was the return of Justin Steele, so that was great news.
1: Great, great news. It was Steele versus Kyle Gibson. And um, everyone knew Steele would be on a pitch count, right? But he looked pretty solid in his return. Steele went five innings. He gave up five hits, two runs, one walk, and four Ks. The only blemish in the game for Steele came in the fifth when Austin Hayes hit a two-out single. And then Adley Rushman homered. And again, you don't get mad because that's what that guy does. He's a power bat. But that ended Steele's streak of 53 innings without allowing a home run. That was the longest in the majors before Rushman hit that home run. So good to see steal out there. That's all I'm going to say. I was happy about it, and hopefully he can continue to build up his strength.
0: Yeah, other than that home run, you know, I, I really was liking what I was seeing. Um, the bullpen was warming up right before he threw that, so they knew that it was getting close, but uh, they wanted to they wanted to leave him in there a little bit longer, and luckily uh, the Cubs would go on to uh, some good things in this one, Crowley.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, Kyle Gibson was able to tame the Cubs' offense that had been so explosive. The Cubs caught a break with two outs in the third when, with one out, Jan Gomes struck out, but the pitch bounced off and ricocheted off the catcher, and Holmes and Gomes hustled the first. So that was the first base runners the Cubs had for the day was on a strike three that bounced away from the catcher. Yeah. Then Miles Masterbone grounded out, so so Gomes was out at second. Masterbone was at first, you know, and, and, and he's fast. And then Mike Talkman, the Palatine pounder, the pride of Palatine, he's going to walk. And then Nico hit a double to center, bounced over the center fielder's head, and then it bounced up and it hit the middle of the basket and then stayed in play. We talked on the last episode, Dustin, I feel like the Cubs are finally catching some yes. breaks, right? Yes,
0: indeed. You did. You did say that. I agreed with you and you're right. Yep, they are.
1: Because if that ball goes into the bleachers, it, it, it's only one run that scores. But because it bounced back into play, both runs scored. And so that that ended up being huge. Uh, the game was tied on the rushman home run on the top of the fifth. We talked about that, but in the bottom of the fifth, Jan Gomes led off the inning with a double. Master Boney hit a sack, bunt to move him to third, and Talkman hit a sack fly. The Cubs lead three to two, and that's how it would end. The offense had only four hits and two walks, only six total base runners, one for four with runners in scoring position. But to me, obviously still coming back is big, but I thought the bullpen, right? These this is one of the games in the past where you you know you get a lead and then you you, got, you have to bullpen hold it for four innings, not a problem. No uh problem. Julian no. Mer- Merriweather went one inning, Mark Leiter went two, and then Albert Alzalay closed it out with two strikeouts. Julian Mer- Merriweather extended his scoreless streak to ten point two innings, the longest mark of his career. He is definitely in David Ross's circle of trust on that one.
0: That's a good way to put it in, in his circle of trust. Carly, I know you're on the road. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So I don't know if you caught it. I was on the road myself in the car, listening to Pat and Ron and Zach. Did you hear about the umps not knowing what the count was and having course, to go that, to New
1: that's York? Of uh, course, <laughs> so that's C.B. Buckner, okay? And, and, and here's the thing I'm going to tell you is that C.B. Buckner Angel Hernandez has not been calling games this year, so right. C.B. Buckner's up there as one of the he's worst the new, umpires. He's the new,
0: yeah, he's getting the, he's the new guy, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: He's always been bad, but when you had Angel Hernandez, you know at least it could kind of look away somewhat. But but yeah, C.B. Buckner lost 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 the count in the ninth inning, and it's just like they had to replay all the pitch sequence. The guy is just awful. I, if you go to my Twitter at Crawley's Cubs, I always tweet the umpire scorecards. It's one of my favorite Twitter sites. And they kind of just give you a report card on how the umps did. And CB Buckner is one of the worst umps. He just is.
0: Yeah, that was kind of weird. And we were, they, they were doing a good, I'm driving, right? So I can't see anything, but they were doing a great job describing what was going on as they always do. And I was a little bit worried that Adbert was going to get thrown off a little bit because he was in such a good rhythm. That was a great save by Adbert Alzele. That was fantastic. He
1: was, he was pumped up, man. I just love the kid's energy. You yeah. know, so
0: and you talk about a circle of trust, right? I mean, he is definitely, he is definitely the guy now. He's that ninth inning guy. No doubt about it.
1: Right. You're starting to figure it out you, again. You you have Meriwether doing really well. The whole bullpen has performed well during this, um, during this stretch, this run of wins that the Cubs went on. And that's the thing we've talked about runners in scoring position. And we talked about the bullpen and, and with those being positive, with both of those things being positive lately, that's why the Cubs have been able to run off that winning streak.
0: No doubt about it. So that's five in a row now, Crowley, right? Five in a row after Saturday's win.
1: Right. And so that takes us to game three, Jamison Tyone versus Dean Kremer. The Cubs will lose this one, six to three. So no sweep, but you know what, man, the Orioles are a really, really good team. We talked about it. They, they are second in the AL East, which is a really tough division and they have been playing great ball. And so I, they're still, even after everything that happened, I want to say they're still seven and three in their last 10, even though they lost two to the Cubs. So they are a really good team. And so, to accept, expect a sweep would have been really tough. I was really happy with two out of three. Extremely but,
0: happy. Extremely happy with that.
1: After game two, though, I was worried because even though the Cubs won that game, you saw some of the negative issues with the Cubs' offense pop up. In game three, it got even worse. Mike Talkman started out the game with a leadoff home run to put the Cubs up one to nothing. His homer came immediately after he threw out Austin Hayes at home plate at the top half of 10, the top half of the first. So I just know Pat, he's always talks about, you know, you make that great defensive play. You usually make a good offensive play when you come up. So that was awesome. He's been
0: so good too. I mean, you know, the Palatine pounder, he has been so, so good.
1: I thought he looked good. I remember being on the spring training and I'm like, man, I'm like, I didn't even know Talkman was still in the league. And I'm like, this guy looked all right. I was kind of surprised when he didn't make it out. remember say I had that, uh, Oblique. And I thought I remember the you, saying that. I remember him.
0: you were talking, you were talking about back then you were, yeah,
1: he, he looked really good and he was, an, and they played him a lot too. They were definitely giving him a look. So, you know, he's done great. And so Dansby also had a single in the first, but for the rest of the game, the Cubs would only have one hit after the first inning down two to one in the fourth and two outs. Cody Bellinger reached on a fielding error by right fielder, Ryan O'Hearn. Originally that was called a triple, but the score changed that to an error but Christopher Morrell hit a two-run homer. So this guy, again, to put the Cubs up three to two.
0: Video game the, stuff, like you said, video game stuff.
1: Right. and But unfortunately, that was the last hit the Cubs would have on the day. Three runs on three hits, two of them home runs, two walks, 11 Ks, and one for five with runners in scoring position. Now, on the pitching side, Jamison Tyone took the loss. He's doing okay up until the fourth inning with Anthony Santander. Gave up uh, – Hit a home run off him to tie the game at one. Tyone then gave up a single, walked the next batter, and gave up another single to Ramon Udias that put the Orioles ahead 2-1, to but got out of the inning by getting Adam Frazier to line out, and then Nico and Dansby turned a nice double play to limit the damage. But Tyone came out in the fifth. Everything was fine, but in the sixth inning, things fell apart. He gave up a leadoff single to Ryan O'Hearn and a double to Aaron Hicks to put runners at second and third in no outs. Ramon Udias hit a sack fly to tie the game. Tyone's day was done. Lefty Anthony Kay was out of the first out of the pen. He gave up three straight singles before he was pulled. And then Michael Fulmer came in and gotten out, and the Cubs were down five to three. Hayden Wesnitsky came into the game in the seventh and pitched three innings. He gave up three hits, one run, two Ks. Dustin, question I had, and I, and I was wondering what your thought on this. Should Wesnitsky have come into the game immediately in the sixth inning, like after Tyone was fine in the fifth, right? He struggled in the fourth, he did okay in the fifth. Were you fine with David Ross trotting him out? Or if Wisniewski was going to come out of the pen, should he have maybe come out I, in the sixth? I,
0: I agree that with that. I, I think he should have come out in the sixth. I do. Especially if they obviously had that plan going in, right? So I, I think that was a little bit of a mistake. But again, the, the offense needed a little bit more, right? You're not going to win a lot of games. But I think that was a mistake. I thought it was weird.
1: Now, the Cubs did have a chance to come back in the eighth inning when with one out, Mike Bauman hit Miguel Amaya and then Nick Madrigal, back-to-back hit by pitches. Talkman struck out, um, and then what ends up happening is that pinch runner Miles Mastroboni comes into the game to replace Amaya. Him, Mastroboni, and Madrigal pull off a double steal, so you had runners at second and third with two outs, down five to three. Nico Horner with a chance to tie it with a single, but he grounds out to end the threat. Now, the thing that made me upset, Dustin, is that Amaya was hit on the wrist. He originally originally stayed in the game, but was pulled for a pinch runner when Magical was hit as well. So I'm hoping it was just a strategic move to get the speedy master Buane on second and that Miguel is feeling okay. After the game, David Ross said x-rays were negative on Amaya's wrist, but he will be reevaluated uh, tomorrow in Pittsburgh. But I just I felt so bad because that kid... He has battled through so many injuries. Three, four years ago, he was one of the Cubs' top prospects. People forgot about Amaya because he right. couldn't stay
0: healthy. Could not stay healthy. I mean, he was supposed to be the heir apparent to uh, Wilson Contreras, right?
1: Right. And and, and him and, and and Braylon Marquez were like the top two prospects for a while, and neither of those guys could stay healthy. Marquez still can't get healthy. and 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 Amaya, you know, he comes in, he turns everybody's head. He can call a great game. He can hit the ball. All sorts of things he can do. You just need him to stay healthy. And this wasn't, you know, just a stupid fluke injury. This was a guy that just didn't have control. So I'm just really hoping he'll be okay.
0: Yeah, but th- fingers crossed on that one.
1: Good news is the Cubs finished the six game homestand five and one. They're seven and two in their last nine games and went from being seven and a half back to four games back. They've made up some ground, but I'm just a little nervous, Dustin. The last two games offensively. I just don't want to kind of fall back into bad habits here. You got three games in Pittsburgh this week, followed by three with St. Louis. So you have, this is going to be only the second time that the Cubs are seeing other teams from the NL Central. Okay. They've now played every team in the NL Central. This is the second go round. So the second time they're going to be facing Pittsburgh and then another three with St. Louis. So six games against the NL Central opponents. So this is where you can do your most damage, right?
0: Absolutely. I can't wait to see what they do against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh.